The Natural Man podcast is intended as general information for educational purposes only. It should not be construed as medical advice or a diagnosis of any kind, or as a substitute for medical treatment. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to replace the advice of or treatment by any physician. Do not rely upon any information to replace consultations or advice received by qualified health professionals regarding your own specific situation. If you suspect that you have a medical problem, you are urged to seek competent medical help. The Natural Man podcast and its representatives and agents disclaim any liability for any negative or other medical or other outcomes that may occur as a result of acting on or not acting on any information contained in the podcast. The views and opinions expressed by the host and all guests are their own, and their appearance on this podcast and at the website of the Natural Man Podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent, and does not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Natural Man Podcast. This is the Natural Man Podcast. Welcome to it. This is The Natural Man Podcast. My name is Mike C. This is an exploration of holistic health, wellness, and strategies to best optimize our bodies and our overall well-being. Our guest today wears many hats. He's a content creator, independent filmmaker, radio host, producer, and on-camera acting teacher. He spent decades pioneering the Artivani approach to acting and has worked with some of the top actors in Hollywood and worldwide. Interestingly, he's also helped others apply the principles of the Artivani approach to overcome personal issues like PTSD. And today he's going to share some of those strategies with us. Please welcome our guest, Thomas Artivani. Thomas, thanks for being here today, man. Hey, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for allowing me a, a platform to share some of these awesome concepts you know the healing power of the arts is is it's extraordinary and uh, once we as people begin to tap into our potential we begin to discover some of these awesome little algorithms back to our uh, well-being and our mental health absolutely and uh you've really come up with some uh pretty fascinating discoveries about how our minds work and i'm excited to dive into that now You're an accomplished acting coach. You've been training established actors privately and in class settings for a long time. And your experience doing that has enlightened your understanding of the human mind and how it deals with past trauma. How did you come to this discovery? Well, in in our acting realm, we're we're exploring character development. And for the most part... (laughs) Most of the interesting characters that are written are extremely psychotic and uh, <laughs> and, and ass backwards and f***ed up. So <laughs> yeah. So so when you have to take on the responsibility of uh, empathizing with a character, you're basically aligning yourself with their journey, gaining insight into what's motivating them into the things that they do. And so over decades of character exploration and diving into uh, understanding the psychosis or the imbalances or the neuroses of these particular characters, um, <laughs> we, we can begin to understand the origin of our own neuroses and our own uh, uh, character imbalances. And so right. when we reverse engineer character development, we begin to come up with a very holistic uh, way to gain insight into our own problematic nature. Right. And we, when we spoke off, Mike, you pointed these past traumas that people deal with to the imagination. Of course, anyone who's dealt with any kind of trauma in their history is obviously not imagining things, but it is their, their mind and their imagination that causes them to relive these difficult experiences, which continue to torment them. And, and that can be very taxing on an individual. So how have you helped others get these imaginations under control <laughs> well i mean when you play back the replay of this piece you'll, you'll hear the difficulty in the conversation you'll hear the difficulty in separating your imagination from the objective reality of the truth that you're currently existing in and we somehow for some reason as human beings want to project our own preconceived notions and preconceived notions and biases into a space that doesn't need them. And so you qualified, you qualified um, 
imagination or proper use of imagination or improper use of imagination. This particular tool based on uh, based on what we are faced with with tool with by nature, what we're faced with relative to the circumstances surrounding us and how we deal with those circumstances uh, has a lot to do with uh, how we use the imagination. So when we talk about improper use of imagination, we're talking about anything that creates worry, fear, anxiety, apprehension, uh, something that separates us from the reality that surrounds us. And so uh, when we start talking about past traumas, uh, we start dealing with um, a reference point in time that triggers uh, a visual record. And not only with that visual record, an emotional context through which we get transported back into time. And basically past time becomes present. Well, the irony of past time becoming present is that's the journey of the poet. That's what the poet does. The, the poet makes past time present. And so <laughs> the beautiful ironies and the beautiful alignments with the struggle of a human being is that that human being is being asked to understand an aspect of themselves and to come to terms with it. And if they don't, the, the suffering increases. And if they don't learn the way through back to the objective reality, it's inevitable that mental illness uh, occurs. And so it, there's, a, there's a great, there's a grand lila, there's a big play that's playing out with each one of us. And for anything that we attach ourselves to that's represented in the past, anything that we hold to be permanent becomes the basis for our neurosis. And so, and I'm saying this from the perspective of an actor being able to uh, not only bring life to the frame, but be able to recreate moments and to be able to adapt those moments to a direction that's given to them, there's a certain level of, of enlightenment that has to be within that artist in order for them to have control over the proper use of their imagination in order to create effect. So for the performing artist, we're looking for triggers. We're looking for activations. We're looking for the, the things within us that uh, uh, ask us to catch fire or to become passionate or to become angry. And so from the artist's perspective, we play with fire. But from the individual that's suffering and beaten down by their own improper use of their imagination, they're on the edge. And a lot of the times this is very serious because they're questioning their, their own existence. And so when people don't get control of this karmic spinning cycle, uh, mental illness is inevitable. Right. And you always attach that to a fixed idea or a fixed experience, something that somebody will not let go of something somebody will not forgive, something somebody holds as true that is not true in this moment. And so our freedom and our happiness are contingent on our ability to regain our footing within the objective reality of the space that we're living in. And from here, we can make good choices. And so this metaphor between acting, the, the small stage and the big stage um, is really important. And this is where the arts start to come into play to help anybody gain perspective on who they are within this particular moment because it's from here that we move forward into creation and so the great artist the great athlete the great performing artist the great speaker the great spiritual leader all understand this and so um the high bar that um uh, the greatest in our field ask of themselves and how they break through to these other realms is the gateway and the pathway to, to to mental health. Right. And does one need a powerful imagination to utilize this um, modality successfully? I mean, it sounds like a powerful imagination can get your mind wandering on, uh, you know, things that have traumatized someone in the past or can it, is it a curse or a blessing? Because a powerful imagination can also probably help you overcome that. Am I right? In that you can use your mind to... Um, do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I do. 
But see, there's two there's two fully developed worlds unfolding at the same time, and so it's the blending mm -hmm. between our perception and what's actually happening. Right. And so there's two active elements. You have the intelligence of the Earth surrounding you, and you have your own intelligence, typically in conflict with that intelligence. So with certain basic principles understood, you align yourself with the energies that are actually surrounding you, and with that you can harmonize. And and this is this is where um, the extraordinary power in our craft begins to take on a mystical element. The, the mystery for human beings that are locked in their rational minds is that they don't realize that their existence in itself is, is amazing. It's extraordinary. It's, uh, it's magical in itself that we're here in this form at this time I mean, we're all stardust you know and we're falling around the sun at an enormous speed we're spinning at an enormous enormous speed and we're expanding through the universe at an astounding rate so we are never in the same place at any point in time and so our evolution as a species is contingent on something beyond what we can think but not beyond what we can experience and so based on those experiences, we label the experience, the mind struggles to label and to get footing around. And sometimes that experience scares the hell out of people because they realize they're not what they thought they were, or it fascinates them and causes them to ask deeper questions and to dive further into the mystery and the magic of life. And, and this is where the arts and um, the choices that we make as a society and as an individual determine our human success. And so what I love about this art that I get to convey on a daily basis and the people that I get to touch with it and the people that come to the table thinking that this is therapy, where it's beyond therapy, it's an injection into the truth. And as a, uh, Famous actor once said, you know, you're not, you're not ready for the truth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. As Jack said, you're, you're not yep. ready for the truth. And so there is a preparedness to meet this particular type of freedom, this particular type of humility, this particular thing that challenges all that you thought. But if you look at any great act and you, you ask the, the, or the, the person who, who was a part of that great act, uh, what was happening with them in that moment of time? And they'll, they'll look to the heavens and point to the stars and say, you know, by the grace of God, I, I, I don't know. You know, something else managed to adapt to a set of circumstances that was beyond me. And it's this beyond me aspect, this magic of life in any great act, that the great actor aspires to now a great actor can be or not, we can not limit it just to somebody in front of a camera but we can put that under the the world stage a great actor you can hear in politics more and more they're calling people actors more and more they're calling politicians actors you know this actor did this this that the fbi the cia used the term actor you know somebody who's in there um you know mucking it up or creating a certain type of a change but it's it's in these it's in these moments that we are beyond what we can think that the great actor exists. And so when people take a risk and risk and action are synonymous with each other, we enter into this realm of uncertainty. And in that realm of uncertainty, we take actions to mitigate that uncertainty in an attempt to gain what we want. And that's a fundamental core to human behavior. That's also the basis of character study and character breakdown. And so with that, with that little triad of action right there, we begin to gain insight into why we do what we do. And we begin to gain the insight into how important it is to want something that we strive for that takes us to a place that helps us harmonize and attain and remain in our well-being. And to me, to me, that's, that's what's sacred about the arts because the resounding note in the arts is to know thyself in order to create effect, in order to influence, 
in order to work towards the things that uh, are more in alignment with what the earth is uh, already has in full swing. We're trying to align ourselves with what is so that we don't have to resist. And it's in this resistance that uh, we find the basis of negativity and the fundamentals of the fundamental origin of negativity is improper use of imagination. Basically projecting into a space something that's not there that actually undermines the sanctity of what is there. And then we can start, you know, looking at good and bad, you know, <laughs> yeah. splits into what what's good, what's a right effort and what's a wrong effort. Right. Gosh, I just rambled on. There's about 27 things in there, but yeah. No, where, no, that's where, great. Wherever you want to go from there. We can, yeah. No, we can Thomas, that's that. great. And you you touched on something interesting there. You said that um, the synonymous aspect between uh, courage and action. And do you think that somebody who might be suffering with some of these uh, types of conditions, for especially for a prolonged period of time, um, might find sort of an ironic comfort in that suffering and maybe they might lack the courage to step out of that? Do you think that's ever a factor? I love what you just said. That's so, it's another one of these fundamental, these cornerstones to our freedom. A number of great philosophers have suggested that we must sacrifice our suffering in order to delve into the truth of what we are. Um, and uh, it's amazing how how we cling to our suffering to the point that our suffering defines us. And so when you're you're looking at this unfortunate American society and how they're celebrating being a victim, um, it's not by mistake that people are not willing to give up their suffering because they're making a good living from having a good story. You know, how, how we make people feel sorry for us these days is becoming all the rage, which is really pitiful. From one perspective, it is. But when you're looking at a survival element, you know, people will do what they need to do to survive. Um, And if it means uh, making themselves into a victim in order to get what they want, then that's part of the storyline. It it feels like um, when you talk about courage or you talk about, uh, we talked about the relationship, what did you say, the courage, the relationship between courage and action? Is that what was suggested? Yeah. 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 Because that relationship between courage and action is is that you're stepping into the unknown in order to attain something that you don't know exactly what it is. And so in doing that, you define action, but you also define what you want. And so um, how we discern that want, that big want, the big overarching number one want that can actually serve us if we pursue it, it becomes integral. And typically society has to enter in that element. Uh, We might find that through our arts. We might find that through our religion. We might find that through uh, uh, an, an enlightened parent. But what we aim for is really important. And so what you see in society are massive groups of people trying to get people to want the same thing so that they can get control over them. And this is where this information up until recently, um, you know, it might be considered uh, haphazardous to to educate the the population on what motivates them, because if they can take responsibility and get to the get to the base of who they are, they can take control of their own lives and be able to make decisions for themselves and not feel like they have to lean on anybody for guidance, but to become autonomous and individual, which is what any great artist is. Um, If you're going to be an artist, uh, you know, conformity is not the path. And your your own particular journey and your own particular uh, insights and struggles as you begin to navigate that path become essential. Hence, I mean, look at the stories, look at the great stories that have been told throughout the ages. They all deal with this particular grappling between one set of principles that takes them down into one road, which is diminishing, and the other, you know, path takes them, you know, the Wizard of Oz, the other path takes them, (laughs) takes them home. And so uh, 
our arts are uh, a, a, a direct pathway. Our, our arts on the highest end are a direct pathway to understanding these uh, big questions. Yeah. And, and where do you think perception plays into all this? Because when we're living in something that's torturing us or we're, we're, we're hanging on to things that occurred in our past, um, we might not be perceiving the reality of where we are now, especially if we're if that is a past event that's no longer occurring, you know, whether it was an abusive spouse or, you know, bully being bullied at school, whatever it is. I'm being very random in my examples. But um, if you're out of that situation, then if you're still living in it, if it's still tormenting you, which so many people experience, um, perception really plays into that. Would you not agree? Well, you have to define perception. And so in this particular acting technique in the Ardhavani approach to on-camera mastery, there's a definition for what an actor is. And it's and within that definition is also an extraordinary aim for any human being that wants to get the most out of their life. I mean, it's not by accident. If you're going to get the most out of what happens between action and cut, the, the metaphor for action and cut is from the time that we're born to the time that we die. And so if we want to realize our potential between action and cut, there's certain things that we are bound to. There's certain levels of, uh, uh, of cultivated presence and enlightenment that have to be attained in order to understand how to, how to navigate that space optimally. And so when we say a person has reached their potential, that's what we fascinate about our sports heroes. That's what we fascinated we're fascinated about any artist that manages to break through and realize their potential because at the moment they realize their potential now their work becomes experiential now they become a, a platform on which they're able to take literally hundreds of millions of people on the same ride in the same moment at the same time and that's and that's really extraordinary but when you look at the past um and you look at the, the society that we live in and we look at the factors that determine our survival, we can, we can afford in this day and age to wallow around in the past, get distracted by it, and survive. Yeah. But if you look at other cultures or if you cut to 16,000 years ago when our relatives are crossing the Bering Strait, <laughs> survival was... It was questionable. It wasn't, you know, you didn't know if you're going to get through tomorrow. You didn't know, right. you know, and so you had to depend on, you know, people that were tapped into the ebbing and flowing seasons. You had to, you had to follow people that had an innate intuitive sense as to when to go and where to stay. You had to, you had to, you had to trust that leadership in order to help you to survive. But if you, back then, if you wallowed around in the past, you'd probably perish. Because yeah. if you're wallowing around in the past, you're not cognizant of what's happening and unfolding around you. So the elements of nature in itself eliminated a lot of the DNA that decided to wallow around in their self-pity because it was just going to be a matter of time before they, you know, walked into a bear, bear cave or, you know, a mountain lion took them out or they got lost in the woods or they forgot where water was or, you know, you weren't allowed to walk around with your head up your ass back then. Yeah. You know, if you did, game over. And if you didn't have an actual leader that understood the ebbing and flowing of the environment and had a sense as to it was keyed into they were ever present within the exist within the space they were aligned with the space it's from there that they could feed themselves it's from there that they could you know make their way through north america and all the way down to south america and survive but so in this day and age what does it take to survive not much i mean in this society God bless the disabled, but you can be a quadriplegic and survive. In this day yeah. and age, you can you can be have complete mental illness, be completely numb to your surroundings, and still somehow have a roof over your head. But you see, you see the the when you start asking yourself, what is my potential? 
what am I capable of in this moment in time? The past becomes a simple reference point, not unlike looking at the beauty of the Grand Canyon and all of its layers. You know, without, you can see in some of the layers of the Grand Canyon that the earth was suffering horribly. And you could see that it wasn't, you know, however many millions of years passed, but you could see that all of a sudden the earth harmonized. And then you could see that it flourished. And then you can see that it suffered again. But it's the culmination of all of those experiences that make the Grand Canyon so beautiful. And it's the same thing with a person. The only difference with a person is that they have a choice and they have the faculty of choice in terms of relative to how they perceive. And we know this because our great actors and our great artists and our great athletes, that's the difference between a great one and a mediocre one is their ability to perceive, to actually pick up the, the shifting environment and to be able to adapt to it quickly. And, and so when we start questioning what we're capable of, the past becomes an irrelevant uh, exercise because it's not allowing us to create the new experience or to appreciate what is. And what is is extraordinary. What comes out of what is, is even more bizarre because it, we, we couldn't even predict the beauty of what we're capable of if we managed to put the harness on the past and see it for what it is, as opposed to an obstruction, but a great lesson. And so if we're using our past sufferings as great lessons to catapult ourselves forward, now you have the mindset of somebody who's tapping into their potential, whether it be an artist, whether it be an artist, lawyer, artist cop, artist doctor, artist actor, artist painter, artist basketball player, artist football player. Now we're looking at somebody and who's cultivated enough intelligence that intrigues us and pulls us into their journey because of not just the skill set, but how they are able to be heads and shoulders above anybody else and what element is going into that. And how do they step into the moment different than somebody else steps into the moment? Well, if somebody steps into the moment with the past as an obstruction, chances are they'll be eliminated rather quickly. Yeah. If somebody steps into the moment with a proper alignment with, with themselves, they have the ability to exceed their own expectations and their own preconceived notions of what was possible. And it's in that that we are entertained. It's in that that we scratch our heads. It's in that that we sit back and go, oh my God. And so it's in that that the healthy individual questing after who they are and what they're capable of, they begin to go down this particular path. And it's not a path of self-aggrandizement. In fact, it's a path of humility because the moment that that individual attains any sense of certainty their progress stops. And so the grand illusion is that somehow we are seeking certainty when in actuality we are seeking a full life in action through challenge in order to attain what we want. And that right. never stops. Right. Well, we take comfort in certainty because change is unsettling. So that's naturally... Well, you say, well, you say that change is unsettling, but you, you, know, you got married... <laughs> yeah you went to college do you have kids yeah oh you, so change is unsettling is it <laughs> <laughs> so you see what without that change there's no value in your life right. without those challenges of stepping into the unknown by having kids and getting married and 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 making other choices in your life what else what is what's there to live for you're right you're right and that's where the courage part comes in because it takes courage to take those steps and some people just have such a such a difficult time putting that first foot forward and well, that's well, probably why they in front of the other yeah there you go there you go they got to sing that song we'll be walking across the floor <laughs> put one foot in front i mean it, it's a cliche 
Yeah. But it's yeah. so cliche, but we don't understand what's going into our own personal motivations. And we understand that, hey, what I want is this feeling of love, right? And so you embark on this journey called life in pursuit of it. That That is your journey. And the in the and the and the and the choices that you make are in the hopeful attainment of what it is that you seek. But that's completely an uncertain journey. There's no there's no life insurance plan for that. I mean, where would where would where would insurance be if people woke up to the fact that hey, life's a challenge. That's how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be on the edge. I'm supposed to be a little uncomfortable. I'm supposed I suppose I'm supposed to understand that life is going to be bittersweet if it's at its best. I'm supposed to do that. Then we would have a lot less people complaining about <laughs> the challenges in their life and a lot more people being thankful for the fact that they are challenged. Yeah. Because now they get to access that creative that creative force within them. And that creative force is right there alongside you the entire time and all you have to do is give it a suggestion and it starts to point the way and show the way. And that's what that's what our artists have at, at the moment of action. And action an actor can bring a great actor can bring life to the frame. And that means they're taking action through the present. Okay. Well you want to bring life you wanna bring life to your you wanna bring uh, life to your life? You need to take action through the present. That means that you're stepping into a moment not needing a guarantee not even wanting certainty, but wanting to use the best part of you to solve the problem or, or to navigate or to appreciate the challenge. Because as you appreciate and navigate the challenge, you become more informed. And as you become more informed, then your journey becomes that much more challenging because the further we go, the more doors that open. At right. no point did somebody say that life at its best is supposed to be comfortable. And so we know this about the best people in terms of their attainment of their aims, uh, how we perceive their goals. And when we start looking into the journeys that they take, we start to see the similarity. We start to see what they wanted and we, got, and we get to appreciate what we perceive as obstructions to them attaining what they want and how they navigated what we would perceive to be tricky, difficult circumstances. And it's in that that we have a good story. Yeah. And, and you okay. said something that, that resonated with me um, earlier, and it, it had to do with the historical realities of where we live today versus, you know, 1,600 years ago or 16,000 years ago or, or taking us back to a less... I don't want to use the word convenient, but industrialized age where going out hunting was a game of survival and the, uh, the, the, the person in the family that went out to hunt may not come back alive because that mountain lion might eat them. Um, you know, going to the grocery store today can be treacherous if you're on the 405, but possibly not, <laughs> not as treacherous as dealing with Bear, you know, bear caves and, and all those things you mentioned. So do you think because of that reality, do you think we've become weaker as a species? Well, well you can you, you, you can measure that um, only against the, the level of suffering. So, so I think suffering is probably um, all relative. And because uh, if you look at some of the tragic numbers of suicides. If you look at uh, the mind-numbing numbers on people on antidepressants, if you look at the level of alcoholism, if you look at the addiction to marijuana, if you start looking at, I mean, what would society be if we took away all the drugs in this country? Um, so people are signing up for, hey, you can take a pill and you can attain your your certainty. Hey, you can take a pill and you can feel better, giving you the illusion that you've achieved something or accomplished something. And so it's in this illusion and this 
building of character, which is the ability to adapt to changing circumstances. Character is revealed based on the individual's ability to adapt to changing circumstances. And those people happen to thrive in life. And those that can't adapt or won't adapt or are stuck in some idea of themselves that they won't give up, when they don't adapt, they, they fail and they suffer. And so uh, I'm sure the suffering of our society on a much more petty, self-serving, narcissistic level is equal to anybody else's suffering on at any point, other point in time. Because if somebody's willing to take their own life because um, society has deemed them not worthy or society, or they get the feeling that uh, their own expectations aren't being met um, and they take their own life, that means there's a tremendous disconnect between the extraordinary magic of what surrounds us and being able to keep perspective on what is relative to what we think is. Mm-hmm. And it so, all comes back to perception, right? Well, it all comes back to actual alignment with the space. You know, what level of presence has that individual cultivated in their day-to-day moment-to-moment activities and so typically you mentioned hunting right well hunting wasn't hunting wasn't just for survival although survival was there it 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 took on and takes on a sacred journey it takes on something that's that's uh bigger than just the act itself. And so it requires of the individual to attain heightened levels of perception, which means that they have to be in alignment with their environment as they go to work. And if an individual is in alignment with their environment when they go to work, they evolve. They become more keen. They, they, They become more creative. Well, does that sound any different than any other artist doing any other thing? No. Uh, when, they, when an artist gets to go to work, they're, whether they're assigned, they, you know, a lot of times we see this in technology, the genius of technology. You know, these when these people go to work, it's a constant learning curve day in and day out. They're building upon their principles. That's not unlike how this technique was developed. It's exactly the same way. I mean, I've, I've been at it for, I've been failing at this for 40 years. <laughs> and so the, the, the point of reference is, is that each day builds upon itself, which leads to a breakthrough. Like just a couple of months ago, there was a major epiphany relative to the big picture. And that's just only, that's after 40 years. And so as you continue to build upon your day-to-day efforts through the present and the culmination of experience and effort, and wisdom becomes starts to collide with each other, uh, certain other things become possible. And so your success in terms of understanding where game might be hiding or how to manage to, you know, capture something in order to feed your family, uh, the odds of survival go up. But it used to be based on survival. If you did not attain your potential you're you're you, you may not survive your tribe may not survive and so you know the stakes the, the stakes to an artist aren't any higher or lower than that of the hunter feeding their tribe and that's that's the type of effort that goes into the breakthroughs those that are great in our society get to a point where that level of energy collides with their creativity and then we get an extraordinary what we perceive to be an extraordinary being to that individual who's doing that work they probably don't perceive themselves to be extraordinary at all they just realize that in order for them to survive and to keep the bar up they need to return to that place that they go to in order to be beyond what they can think they can be and do it as efficiently and as effectively as possible for as long as they can. And that goes for the, that goes for the great actor, goes for the, the great hunter. It goes for the great public speaker, public speaker. It goes to the great leader. Is, is being able to assess 
why we're suffering or why we live in our own suffering, an important first step in overcoming it? Listen, our relationship with pain and our attitude about it is really important. And so if we begin to understand the difference between higher states of consciousness and pain threshold, we begin to understand how to expand and how to grow. And so we don't perceive pain as an obstruction. We perceive it as a, a yard marker for as to what to do next. And so when we're talking about an emotional effort and we're in pain in an emotional effort, it's then how we adapt to accepting that condition and then seeing beyond it, which allows us to be effective in it. And so if you look at any um, great person and the challenges that they've overcome, normally the picture of that challenge is somebody that's transcending the pain and transforming that resistance into higher states of understanding. And this is what the great athlete knows in private. This is what this is a promise that they make only to themselves and an insight that they can only have for themselves and a type of effort that they can only expect from themselves once they realize what it is. Mm-hmm. Which is why a lot of the subject matter is difficult to, to, to define because it's such a, a personal effort and nobody can expect you to make or go through the hell that you go through in order to see some of the things that the great people see. They would, they would actually, they're labeling it as abuse. They're labeling the leaders that show that way as abusive, and they're labeling the people that uh, go through it as self-abusive, as masochists. But if you look at anybody at the top of their game, they're going to be perceived as an outlier and if they if anybody actually knew the effort that went into them attaining what they would attain, those individuals would have discouraged that individual from ever making those efforts because they are not comfortable with those efforts because they haven't set the bar for themselves. And there's no way in hell that they can begin to answer the questions for those that are, make it to the top because they quit. They stopped. It got uncomfortable and they they deemed uncomfortability is bad for everybody because they stopped, everybody should stop. And so in that mindset, which is unfortunately one of these pervading mindsets is moving through the society concurrently. Luckily, there's so many great examples of those overriding that. Um, uh, (laughs) You know, why would you, why would you uh, discourage a great effort? Well, because it's not comfortable for them and it's not comfortable for me to watch them go through it. It's not comfortable for me to think that they had to work that hard to get it. And so there you have, there you have a, a sort of the voice of a feminine dominated society over one of at one point in time that wasn't feminine dominated society. One, one perviated on comfort as opposed to one uh, centered in um, accomplishment or success or personal expansion. Um, it's, a it's an interesting thing when you start taking the arts and what makes somebody great and you start comparing that to some of society's current conventions, you can start to see where the huge conflict may arise in that. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about pain and the avoidance of pain, which is naturally built into, I think, I think it's instinctual for us. But how much different would our lives be, those of us who suffer, if we were more willing to accept that pain is part of the journey? Because a lot of us don't want to accept that. I don't like pain. Do you like pain? Well, what aspect of you, is it a matter of like or dislike or is it a matter of what works? I think people make it a matter of dislike, wouldn't you say? Well, let, let's look at let's look at the end game, which is to real, when we talk about the arts, or we talk about the artists, or we talk about an artist in a in a in a craft. 
what's most relevant, whether they like it or dislike it or whether they get a result. Obviously the latter. Yeah. So if I like it, it doesn't matter. If I dislike it, it doesn't matter. So we have our priorities mixed up. If my measurement is, is it working or is it not working? That's, that's where I can hang my hat and I can go, you know what? I don't like doing this exercise. It makes me extremely uncomfortable and it's horribly painful, but by God, it just gave me a huge advantage. It allowed me to evolve in such a way and to do things I never thought were possible. Okay. Are you going to be revered for what you can do or what you liked or what you didn't like? I mean, and so for us, especially in the society, the bar is going up as far as entertainment goes. And we can see the consciousness of our entertainers increasing. You know, just back in the 80s, you know, being, you know, being a drugged up musician was was all the rage. <laughs> yeah. Right. What are they doing yeah. now? Now they're they're eating vegan and they're getting to bed early and they're taking ice baths and they're, you know, getting massages and they got their gurus coming in, teaching them yoga. And they got, every, you know, it's it, consciousness is increasing. People are realizing, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I. I the quality of my voice is determined by the quality of me as a human. My ability to sustain a, a tour is dependent on my ability to keep my head on my shoulders and to live a clean life and to be holistic about it. So a society as a whole is evolving. Entertainment is evolving because society on a whole is evolving. There's so much information out there on everything that I'm talking about. But the willingness to put it to work um, and to apply it um, is still only for the few. There's only, there's, you know, there's only a handful of great actors on the planet, uh, just a handful. And, and with all that information out there, what, well, what separates those individuals from other individuals? It's their effort and how they exist in alignment with the world around them which causes them to see and to experience the world differently than somebody who's going about it analytically. And so there's a difference between an artist who has an energetic experience of their environment and somebody who's walking around analyzing and judging the environment. The The individual that experiences their environment energetically has an advantage over somebody who's analyzing it. The individual that is out on the ice sensing their surroundings as they as they as they play hockey has a greater intuitive sense as to what to do next than somebody who's thinking what to do. And so experience trumps analysis. Experience has volumes of wisdom and endless insights. Analysis is is uh, limited and slow and painful. And half the time it's wrong. (laughs) And it's only taking an aspect of the big picture into play, right? When you say wrong, it's only only taking an aspect and then drawing conclusions from a small sliver of the big picture. And so, uh, so you can see, you know, why it's so beautiful to go down the path of attainment to understand what this artistic uh, relationship is between the artist and the world around them and how they navigate those spaces. Because in order for them to be at their best, they maintain a thing called well-being. And well-being gives them the advantage of not being victim to the past, but to have to keep one foot, two feet in reality, as opposed to one foot stuck in fantasy, one experience stuck in reality. And so we want to get both feet here. And with both feet here, the environment around us stabilizes. And from here, we can manage anything. But from within our minds, the evils that can be projected into the space is infinite. And so when we understand how to mitigate our projection into what is 
we begin to start to find our balance again. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, there's so much to cover here, and I hate to say it, but we're out of time. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> I'd love to continue this conversation, though. I, I hope you'd join us, consider joining us for another episode because I think we're just scratching the surface on some of this stuff. Um, would you would you come back and hang out with us again sometime? Absolutely. Maybe once you once this gets unpacked, maybe there's something more specific we can get after. Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to thank you for being here. Um, before we jump off, though, tell me how can people find you online and learn more about the Art of Ani approach. Well, that's it. You can just you know you can just double uh, a acting studio dot com. Um, is is the way uh, we're building uh, right now we're building an alternative site that's just an introductory site that we're going to have um, we'll be able to teach the beginning steps of becoming an acting artist online and then from there they'll have access to classes consultations workshops and retreats um, and private coaching uh, and and that's how they can that's how they can get me uh, 310-382-0907 Tom at togetherfilms.com and uh, uh, Tom at togetherfilms uh, at gmail.com. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, if you just Google the name uh, Artivani, uh, Tom Artivani, you'll see all sorts of ways to get me. Cool. I'll make sure to include that in the show notes, too. Um, thanks for being here, Tom. It, it was awesome talking with you. All right, my brother. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks. You too, man. Um, that'll do it for this edition of the Natural Man Podcast. Remember, subscribe to us, check out our other episodes, and we'll have more for you in upcoming episodes, definitely. Um, I'm Mike C., your host. Stay healthy. This has been the Natural Man Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast for more episodes. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we the perfect, perfect podcast, podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy, democracy is something, something you do. do. Come on a journey like no other. Where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.